I'm Jim Haggerty. You know me as the host of Today Now, but I've also eaten in a ton of restaurants. Now I'm heading out on the road. My mission, find the best pork our country has to offer. And I won't stop until I hit all 50 states. This is Jim Haggerty, Porkin' Across America. Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are going to be looking at... Well, this is our 4th of July viewing. Uh, this is going to be coming out the week of 4th of July, like the 1st or 2nd, whatever that uh, Wednesday, Thursday is going to be. So uh, we are looking at a show that came out that's very focused on America. We're looking at Porkin' Across America from 2012. This is an Onion web series. This is from the heyday of The Onion. I'll talk a little bit about that coming up. Um, but yeah, came out in 2012, made a bit of a splash, like in the comedy community and whatnot. But then I think just kind of disappeared. I don't think people really talk about it much uh, who didn't see it at the time. I looked up to see if there were like any kind of like articles or retrospectives on it. And there really aren't. There's just some stuff that was talking about it when it came out. So it will be the 10-year anniversary uh, next year. So maybe we'll get something uh, hitting around then. But uh, if anyone watched any of the Onion stuff in the late 2000s into the 2010s, um, like any of their web stuff, they had a segment called Today Now, which was basically a parody of like morning news shows, uh, morning talk shows, that kind of thing. And they had two hosts and they would just be these kind of like oblivious, smiling, uh, you know, American TV hosts. And one of them was Jim Haggerty. And so they did these segments from 2007 to 2012. And then kind of the last thing they did with Jim Haggerty was this special spinoff, Pork and Across America. I thought it actually was the last thing, which would be very fitting. But I was disappointed to find out that I guess they did bring Today Now back in like 2015 and did a few segments with him. And yeah, he came back. Yeah, but just like very briefly, they just did like a few things. Uh, I really kind of wish they would have just left it at Pork and Across America because that would have been <laughs> that's the it's the perfect place to uh, to just let it sit forever. Um, but basically, the show is like a dark satirical take on food shows and travel shows. Uh, it's an eight episode web series, and the main star is Brad Holbrook, and he plays Jim Haggerty. And the kind of crux of it is, is he is doing like a segment series or it's presented as a web series in world. It's never exactly explained one way or another, but kind of like you would see on those uh, Today Show type things where they'd have these special segments. So he's going to travel around the United States. He's going to all 50 states and he's going to have pork meals somewhere in the state and... Uh, just like talk to local chefs and things like that and then move on. And so it's supposed to be just kind of this like, uh, you know, really folksy Americana kind of thing. Meanwhile, his life is in utter shambles, like when it begins, like just from the word go, things are not great at home. And then it just escalates from there as the show goes on. So that's kind of what's happening. And it goes to some pretty dark places. Um, some other background stuff I'll say is that the director of this was Sam West, and the writers uh, are included Sam West, Matt Klinman, Michael Pilakic, 
uh, Chris Sartinsky and Dan Klein. I just want to put those out there because you never really get to hear like Onion writers very often because they were always under the name of The Onion. So if you dig around on IMDb, you can actually see who worked on their video stuff. And so those are the credits. Um, and basically all of these people worked on major stuff during that heyday of the Onion video content. Um, I think they did a bunch of segments, if not all the segments, for just kind of the random Onion clips of news. I think they did the Onion News Network stuff that was on IFC. Um, but they definitely did Sex House as well as Porkin' Across America. And they also wrote Sports Dome, wrote and produced Sports Man. Dome. So these like that same this, group? This same group is kind of responsible for, like, Jeez. all that stuff. I didn't see... There's some other shows like Lake Dredge Appraisal was like a, a smaller kind of thing. I didn't see them listed, but that might just be IMDb might not have it on there. Um, They're on there. There's a there's a good uh, on Reddit. There's a, like an Ask Me Anything with Onion Digital Studios, uh, um, which is really worth a read if you are into any of these. And they talk about um, they, they kind of go through who the writers were and what their journey was um, and all of the things that are part of that YouTube Onion Digital Studios channel was written by the same group. So that's uh, like Judge Appraisal and Horrifying Planet and Sex House and yeah. any of okay. those that are under that banner on YouTube. So the uh, would they have done that uh, the TED Talk one, whatever that was called? Yeah, probably? I think that was Horrifying that was Planet. Some... Horrifying Planet was like a that was like a nature show. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the yeah. top of the AMA, they list Sex House, Horrifying Planet, Trouble Hacking, and Lake Judge Appraisal, in addition to Sex House. Trouble Hacking might be what the TED Talk one was. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so those are the guys who uh, worked on Pork It Across America and then many of these other segments. Um, and... That's incredible. Yeah, well, it's and, and I'll, it's I'll obviously launch in and introduce all you guys, but I, I will say up at the top, like, Looking at the IMDb, well, not the IMDb, looking at the Onion's YouTube channel, I was coming back through and I found like that um, the Today Now stuff actually was brought back a little bit for a few segments. But yeah, it's really sparse after 2014, 2015. And it's that they have videos on there, but they're mostly just like recap videos of their articles. Yeah. And the only thing that they really seem to do in video anymore is they'll do those, um, the, the, the movie reviews. reviews. Yeah. The movie reviews, which are great and they're really fun. But that, I mean, all that requires is just the same guy and they put him in front of a camera and then they show clips of a movie that I'm sure they're allowed to based on parody and like the fact that they're reviewing, uh, you know, a film. So they still do that. But yeah, I think it's all part of that sort of like, mid 2010s like pivot to video and then all these companies realize like oh well facebook and twitter just get all the credit for this and we get nothing out of it mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of how the onion sadly caved in in terms of video i could be wrong maybe there's more to it but they don't really do it anymore which sucks because this stuff was brilliant i wonder if part of it too was that the onion itself went through like two or three buyers yeah yeah, that had to have been part of it that like over time it just got phased out because it's an expensive like it probably was like incredibly expensive to run 
and do some of these things. Like Porkin Across America, I'd love to know what it costs to make. And the YouTube landscape at that time, you didn't have... These were pretty like novel in terms of concept. So they, I don't know if they knew how to market them or if they were marketable. I think they just kind of like took a gamble and spent a lot of money. And then the team said like, can we make money off this? And it seems like the answer was uh, no, but they sure tried. <laughs> well, I remember the articles that were coming out somewhere around that time um, because it wasn't just them. It was like College Humor and some of these other sites that were doing Funny a ton or of vi- Funnier Die, uh, doing a ton of video stuff. And they had been encouraged to do a ton of video stuff. Like the, the comment, like I said, was like pivot to video. And there was this big push. And then I remember within a span of like a few months – no, I mean, it had been going on for a while, but then within a span of a few months, there were numerous articles about how all these things were caving in at once because it just wasn't working. And because like Facebook and Twitter just got all of the like you weren't going to college humor anymore. You weren't going to funny or die anymore. So they weren't getting revenue from it. Facebook was getting revenue. And eventually these places kind of figured that out. And it's like, well, fuck. I like yeah. you're saying, Chris, we spent all this money. <laughs> And it's netting us nothing. So anyway, yeah, that's so that's, uh, that's one thing I want to talk about a little bit at length, just how talented this team was in every project they turned out was like pure parody gold, including Sports Dome on Comedy Central's, which is probably the one that made real money at the time. Yeah. Um, and I've just never seen such a successful, talented team fail so hard <laughs> so repeatedly. Yeah. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that they failed. It's just that you they know. didn't fail creatively. I mean, financially yeah. and being yeah. able to like it was such a talented group of writers, and they turned out what we consider to this day to be hits amongst ourselves as friends. Um, but they didn't gain any traction in the real world, and were all canceled after the first season of whatever they were. Yeah, I will say I didn't list them all out because I mean there was like five guys, but I I did see that. They have all gone on to have roles in other, you know, major properties and stuff. I saw one of them like works for like Stephen Colbert currently and other ones have been involved in various comedic productions. So their the resume doesn't just stop dead. They're still out there doing stuff. Um, but all right. So we'll open it up here. Uh, I'll introduce the cast. So we've got uh, returning here. We've got all uh, all comedy fans. Um, everyone here was has been involved in in some kind of comedy group in the past one or more um so we are coming from uh that kind of background and uh love our onion stuff love our onion video stuff as we're talking about here so we've got steve rejoining us who's over on uh franchise strikes back when we do that from time to time and uh, revenge of the 90s and he also heads up uh, robotbutt.com a comedy website hey there very excited. Thank you for uh, giving me the chance to do my annual rewatch. I make this a, this is my pilgrimage every year. You were salivating at the very thought of doing this. I was. I, I was ready to get pork. into some pork. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pork. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've also got Eric rejoining us. Uh, Eric has been on our show more than anyone else and uh, loves that, uh, that he has that title. So he's able to hold that over Jack once more with That's this one. That's true. I love how Steve had that great uh, resume, and I'm, and I'm just... He's been on this show like 20 times. It's Eric. <laughs> uh, Eric's written a lot of funny things. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you want, no, Eric? I, no, what was set up with you? Fill in the blanks. Just, uh, some self-deprecation. <laughs> I've got nothing. 
Yeah, and I'll say before you introduce me, if you're going to pitch Steve's comedy website to everybody, I feel like it's only fair to talk about my drama website as well. <laughs> it's very uh, dark. And this is Chris, uh, who uh, has worked on various uh, comedic stuff with me in the past, and we were in uh, in some sketch groups together. And... You went viral on Funny or Die at one point. Yes, we did. We, we, we were did. on the front page of Funny or Die. We were on the second page of Reddit. So close. <laughs> There you go. We did. Len, if, if anyone's listening, Lens Flare the movie. We parodied uh, the kind of J.J. Uh, Abrams stuff that was in the zeitgeist at the time. And it was uh, tied in with, uh, what was the movie? Um, eight millimeter? Super, Super eight. eight. Oh, Super, Super eight. eight. Super, Super eight. eight. Also, yeah. movie. Not, not, eight, eight millimeter. not eight no. millimeter with <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> eight, hey, that's a parody idea. Super eight millimeter. Let's do it. Again, that's on. Uh, that's that's a resume piece for all of us, except for, of course, Eric. That's true. I've, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've just been on this podcast a bunch. But yes, uh, but yeah, and Chris, uh, Chris has a theater background, and he's talked. Uh, he's been on several of our episodes on musicals and whatnot. So welcome. And now I'm Chris. a computer programmer now. So if you have any computer programming uh, movies coming up in the future, you know there are there are not enough musicals about computer programmers. So I feel like does that mean we're gonna do hackers? We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> The net. Are you, <laughs> the net. Are you the one who hacked into that pipeline? Shut up. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So send me some of that Bitcoin. That is our uh, motley crew here uh, on this episode. So let's open this up. What do we make of Porkin Across America? I'm a little disappointed that we've all seen it and we don't get anybody's like shock and horror having freshly watched it well your wife was supposed to watch it with you <laughs> she did watch it with me so i got to see her fresh horror but i don't know if she wants me to walk all over podcasts talking about her uh her reaction to weird comedy body horror well i i want you to you you tease oh, okay. that to us i've known you longer than her so let's do this all right <laughs> she was uh visibly uncomfortable for <laughs> wide swaths of this thing <laughs> I've she been watched She watched Sex House with me like a few, maybe even just a month or two ago. So she's been indoctrinated into this world of just like what the fuck. But this one, like, this one starts out pretty bleak. That's and the thing. Then is right goes, off the bat, it starts bleak. Like I was yeah. every time I rewatch this, I'm surprised that within like three minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, this gets bad real fast. Yeah, in my mind, with it Sex was a House, you get rhythm, like. Yeah. Yeah, with Sex House, you get, like, two episodes of, like, oh, this is a fun real-world parody, but this one just starts bad and then piles on the body horror. <laughs> I have been using this uh, pretty consistently as, like, my back pocket. Like, if I'm talking to somebody who, like, really likes either film or comedy, or, I, like, I have a neighbor uh, buddy who I've uh, gotten to be pretty close to, and he's, like, huge in the film and everything. We talk about all sorts of stuff, and... I like pulled this out. I was like, have you ever heard of this? And he was like, oh my God, no. I, I use it as like the gold standard, like ace in the hole of like, I've got something for you that will rock your world. We were talking about like how it never like took hold. I am always surprised at the amount of people who have never heard of it because the first episode, which you would expect to be, you know, the most watched on YouTube only has half a million views. Really? I didn't look at that. Yeah. It's crazy. And some of them only have like 200,000. 
Yeah, we uh, Eric was on uh, an episode just recently on the incidents would have like been the one right before this, and my friend David was on that, and he likes comedy, but he's a huge horror fan. And I was giving kind of the intro for this episode, and he was like, his eyes were perking up, or you know, he's like, "What? Wait, what?" Um, because because uh, I mentioned like that it goes into kind of body horror, but he had no idea about this or Sex House, so it was like completely off his radar. So yeah, I I kind of wonder if it's like. If it's just this collective of about 10 of us who like have watched this thing 50 times and that no one outside of that group has uh, seen any of these shows. Yeah, I know. I no doubt have seen this 50 times, I would say. I mean, I there were there were like a few years there where I was watching it like every couple months. It's the only thing Steve watches. It's causing trouble with the family. <laughs> Steve's life was in utter shambles. He needed something to make himself feel better. Like, well, <laughs> at least it's not porking across America. <laughs> I've, at least I've got my priorities straighter than Jim Haggerty. <laughs> All right, Eric, where? what's your uh, take on porking across America? I, I remember liking it a lot. Um, not as much as Sex House when I, I think I watched these close together years ago. Um, and then... I think on rewatching, I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at a lot of more of like the subtle stuff because in my mind, it was more of just the things I remember was like, yeah, like the body horror stuff and like how his life was slowly like going out of whack the whole time. And then, you know, just, just, just really, really good, like character bits with Jim Haggard. I think it's like the second episode where he's like, um, he's, that's when he starts drinking the pig's blood. And the guy's telling yes. him, like, it's, you know, he's like, what is this stuff? It's really good. He's like, it's pig's blood. I told you. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I told you that. He's like, uh, did I respond? No. If I didn't respond, it means I didn't hear you. Anyone knows me knows me. It's just like, it's just these weird things where he's just like, like, he's he's kind of a dick to everyone around him. And it's not really excusable by what's going on. But it's just like, so you're not quite sympathetic to him. But it's still just, there's a lot of really good stuff with just his character that I that I'd forgotten about. Um, but yeah, and the guy's really good. <laughs> yeah, in uh, yeah. in in how dedicated he is to each bit, and how hard he throws into it. And what's interesting, I didn't know this. Maybe I, maybe I knew it way back when. So he used to be a news anchor. Mm-hmm. So he's like an actor secondary. I think he maybe did some acting in his younger days, but he went into the news. So he was a news anchor, it says, for WPIX and NY1 Networks in New York City. And then he was on Business Week Weekend in the 90s. And then he did some show called Tennis Television with Brad Holbrook uh, for five years, where I think he was like kind of a tennis instructor on TV (laughs) or something. But so, yeah, he... He had a background as like a news anchor, so I, and I, the lady that they have for um, the today now, I wouldn't be surprised if she probably had a similar background. They're looking for them, kind of like that guy from Arrest Development that they got, that who was a real oh, yeah. uh, news anchor. But yeah, yeah, so he has that background. But yeah, like comedically, like the chops are there. Like <laughs> oh, he, yeah. he sells yeah. every bit given to him. Yeah. Before we move too far past it, I want to say how tickled to death I am of the title. Business Week Weekend. <laughs> I'm the anchor of the Business Week show, but on only on days that are not part of the Business Week. 
<laughs> I also, since I live in New York and do see New York One from time to time, I need to find old footage of him doing stuff on New York One because it would be hilarious just to see him doing actual news work and not yeah. have something horrible happening around him. And he's done acting on like other shows and stuff. Law and Order, uh, Days of Our Lives, he said on his website. And a few, yeah. he's got other credits, and it would just be very jarring to like. I've never, I don't know. He's one of like the, this is like the one of the best examples of an actor where like I could never see him as anything other than Jim Haggerty, <laughs> and it would be shocking and horrifying on another level to see him doing anything else. Like I just assume his name is Jim Haggerty. Like they right. do this, like <laughs> he he absorbs that role so perfectly that for years I've just like assumed he was just like. Jim Haggerty, he's big Haggerty. I don't know. I'd like to talk about generally all of these, but this one might be the best, which is saying a lot. Like they're so this team was so good at nailing the genre they were parodying. Mm-hmm. Like it feels exactly like a Food Network show in every way, except for what is happening on screen. Including his, like, I love that his voiceovers are oblivious <laughs> to what's happening on screen. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't make any sense in the Like, he would have had to have recorded the voiceovers before anything happened. Just, like, so upbeat and, like, completely, like, pork pun forward <laughs> while his life is falling apart. The thing that gets me, I mean, I love all this stuff. There's are, there are some that I haven't seen of that group that you guys had rattled off that I'm definitely going to have to check. But uh, of what I've seen, because I've seen like Sex House and I've seen some of, um, what, what is it, Lake, Lake Dredge? Lake appraisal? Dredge Lake Appraisal. appraisal. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some of that and then obviously Pork and a ton. But the thing about Pork and Across America that I like is that to me it's, it's like a master class in escalation mm. where yeah. it just each joke builds on the previous because like, like you were saying, Chris, like as it goes on, he's always like talking about like, you know, um, how he got a skin graft and then it's, Oh, also my niece got stabbed, but then also my niece died and it's her funeral. And then it just like keeps going and going. And it's, it's this, like, if you were ever like teaching comedy, I feel like this is the blueprint. Like, like this is like one of the most perfectly written end-to-end comedic things i've ever seen especially for a focus on a specific character because there's not nobody else in it's really comedic like there's peripheral characters who might have like a joke here or there or because they're deadpanning some line it's funny but it's really all on his shoulders and the writer's shoulders comedically so yeah it's about as pure as it gets of just following like one character's descent into horror comedic (laughs) in a comedic way yeah and also how many jokes they can pile on top of that like the branches they go on like it's always something new and fresh but it's always something different even though you're piling on and piling on and i love that about it Yeah, and then how they just they start threads like in each episode that kind of can continue on throughout like when he gives all the money and his house keys to the random dude and then that ends up like moving forward after that point so like even i mean i'd have to probably rewatch it to know with like but there's probably stuff in the first episode that like just continued on throughout apart from just like 
you know, his wife being mad at him, but. Oh yeah. There's one I want to talk about, but I'll let Steve butt in first. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Erica, that when you mentioned the, the PA that he pays, like talking about it, going in directions you don't expect, like you don't expect that PA to go off and attack his wife. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you certainly but do the, the wonderful thing about it is it's like, he, like everyone uh, around him is also awful in a way, except for the people like, you know, his like crew and like a lot of the, uh, like, the restaurant like people the yeah they're like some are just more befuddled eventually you know they get more like short with him because he's more and more like a dick throughout the whole series because he's, he cares less and less about the presentation <laughs> but like yeah just people are just like awful to him as well so it's just like everyone in this universe is just like terrible and it's just like as, as, chaos <laughs> as far as awfulness one one bit i really liked i totally forgot about just a really minor thing but he has this producer who most of the time is just sort of like presenting stuff to him like, yeah, here's the problem or things are falling apart. And she just presents stuff just sort of in a very straightforward way. And she's kind of more like a sounding board to allow his comedy to work. But at one point he's in some restaurant and he's in the kitchen and a guy who actually works in the kitchen is trying to do something or he's talking in, I think, Spanish and he's trying to get Haggerty to do something a different way. And Haggerty is refusing, like doesn't understand, but also doesn't want to deal with the guy. And so he just starts saying like, get, get him out of here. And up to this point, the most of the people on his crew kind of like, you got the impression they thought Jim Haggerty was kind of an idiot too. But then just a couple PA show up and just drag grab him. the guy and drag him off. Like, so it's forcibly like, removed. Yeah. yeah. And so like at that, like you could have easily played that moment as just like the crew standing around, like, we're not going to help you, man. Or what are you doing? Or like just being mad at him. But no, they were just like, they were just ready to just drag this dude off camera. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but one thing you said, the escalation thing, Steve, that I think is interesting, kind of ties in with somebody mentioned it early on, is how far along we already are in his life when the show starts. Because um, there's a great cartoon called uh, Over the Garden Wall, um, which we'll end up doing on the show at some point in the future. Um, but it has um, John Cleese. John Cleese is a voice on there. And I remember seeing like a behind the scenes thing, him talking about it, where as written, that character was supposed to just scream all the time. And as filmed, he ends up screaming at certain points and like giving these like, you know, points that he can like hit and go nuts. And the reason that happened was because Cleese told the creators like, hey, I can do this. But, you know, back from my acting classes, you know, we always talked about you want to start small because you want somewhere to be able to go. If I'm screaming all the time, it's like, how, how much differentiation can I give you if this guy's mm. just always at 10? And then the, so the creator was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, we'll just do it at like key moments. Well, so for this show, they already start Jim Haggerty as just like having a horrible family life, but they're still able to do that escalation to where it gets insane by the end like i think that's impressive with what you're talking about steve of like using this to teach comedy because his life does not start happy does not start small we don't see an escalation from like a normal man's life to decay we already start him like on the edge of collapse so i think that's a really interesting place that they started from but then they could actually carry that through and still succeed yeah i mean i find it interesting that Cause like, that's, I mean, that's really the fun of it is you go, all right, 
first episode, three minutes, we we introduced that his pipes burst at his house. And what would be the escalation from that? You know, what would be like the next thing? If they, And then like you were saying, like Eric, like the branches of like, oh, okay, well then as that, as Deb, his wife is like an ongoing issue, then we all of a sudden branch out and introduce like this next problem that he has. Um, and oh God, yeah, it's, and, and also like you, even if you didn't watch today now, they do a good job of like, like if I if you just started porking across America with no understanding of who Jim Haggerty was, you would still be able to like get into it right off the bat and be like, oh, okay, I, I understand. Like I, I get the gist of everything yeah, they're doing. I think that was there. me when I first yeah. watched it. I I didn't know what today now was, so I was like, oh okay. Like and then yeah, because it, it it it's it's parroting something everyone is familiar with, which is the uh, like a Food Network show. Yeah, so it doesn't take long. You know, they have like a a minute long recap to show kind of how, what we're doing here. And then they're just like, and now this man's life is falling apart. <laughs> and going back to what Eric said earlier about like little jokes early coming back to haunt later. I really love my favorite joke in the first episode or two is that this man who is porking across America uh, knows less than nothing about cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what yeah. ultimately leads to his first pig body part. Um, because yeah. in the first episode, uh, the guy says he puts some chili powder on it and his response is, oh yeah, I love chili and powder. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the first time you're like, uh, but then he says, uh, oh, you can really taste the pork. Oh yeah. You can really taste the pork in here. <laughs> oh, and he's talking about like how the color changes as the meat cooks and how he's like, really, that's like wild. <laughs> but then like the first time he breaks his soft palate or his hard palate is because, uh, he thought the bones would cook down, <laughs> which I, I think is that what the Spanish—that's what the Spanish guy's telling him, right? That he's cooking it wrong. Yeah, because he he's taking like a big giant butcher's knife to like, oh yeah, just like, hacking it up terribly, just like randomly chopping it. And I don't—I don't know what he's saying to him, but he's like, I was, I was, <laughs> just like not listening. I don't know Spanish enough, uh, but I wonder—I I always wondered if he was telling him that there were like still bones in there. So I actually wrote Probably, that line down yeah. as my like my favorite line in the in the show. Uh, I, I have two written down, and one of them is that where he goes, "Bones don't soften up at the burrito like I assumed they would," <laughs> and I just think that's like the most insane line. <laughs> well, and and we talked about like body horror, and we'll go into some of the things that happened to him coming up. But but for me, like I don't know, the other stuff like gets to like kind of a crazy whimsical level. But that first one. <laughs> is probably the hardest one to watch because he bites into the sandwich that he had cooked and we don't know it. Yeah, it has bones in it. We don't know that and he doesn't realize it. But he bites into it and you hear like this crunch and then they just have like blood start to pool out of his mouth as he's chewing and it's just like a really disturbing image and he's oblivious to it at first he's like oh is that like sauce (laughs) yeah right well it's even more horrifying when they explain what happened to him because at first you just see blood it's like oh my god but they're like yeah it just basically just like punctured your palate and i'm just like jesus that's fucking (laughs) (laughs) that's what happened to him Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's not just that he like cut his mouth. Yeah, it was like the bone traveled in and like yeah, tore just, his yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably touched his brain. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh, I mean, uh... how close is the top of my mouth to my brain? I never even <laughs> thought about it. Right. <laughs> 
Chris has punctured his mouth so many times. <laughs> oh, is that, I wonder, yeah. Is that conceivable? I don't know. That if you, like, chewed it, if you bit know. into a bone and it went through the top of your mouth? Yeah, like, hard enough. Man. Unless yeah. you think that your you mouth is knife-proof, in which case you might be a <laughs> real weird superhero. <laughs> That's my only power is that I have, like, a steel <laughs> top of my mouth. <laughs> I'm the worst stab X-Men. me in the mouth. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> well, you have to assume there are mutants out there with real no, shit. No, the worst X-Men is still Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> Not Cypher? Actually, it's probably Dazzler. She's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's Cypher? Which one's he? That's just, he, learn, he learns languages really quickly. Okay, that sucks. something. Yeah. <laughs> is he still, like, shredded in the comics? Like, How they fast? still draw him like he's just built as shit? Uh, he's he's one of the original New Mutants, so he's kind of just like a kid. He's like, it only okay. takes him seven weeks to learn a new language. <laughs> yeah. It's an intensive like, course. He's impressive, <laughs> but you know, it's not really. He's mostly just fight. making money off of Rosetta Stone commercial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, other other pork and stuff. Well, the other the other fun bit that's throughout too is that he's always got a wad of cash. I love, love, love. <laughs> well, he, he he's he's constantly trying to pay to get rid of problems. Yes, like that's a yeah. theme throughout. And that's another. I mean, again, too, we're talking about escalation, but it's not always just a one note joke throughout the show. Is that in any given episode, which like usually they're like six to nine minutes long, each episode is packed with like four threads and one of them being throughout the fact that he's always trying to pay people off and it's always through some like indiscriminate like random amount of money that he's just tossing on a table where pulls wads of cash out of his pocket and it's like it's like he says it's a thousand but i don't really know if he's sure he just like shoves it to the thing i love is the people are always saying it's too much money so at first i was like oh he's just rich from his tv work and he's gonna throw all his money at problems but then he gets to the last person and he's got like a whole lot of like ones, and the guy's like, "This isn't enough money." Like at first, I thought he was just rich and throwing his money at problems, but instead, he was literally spending every dime he had to avoid yeah. issues. Well, and, and, and it was also odd because he was on his wife's insurance policy, which she kicks him <laughs> off of, which propels the plot. Because if he was like a TV personality, you would think he would have some kind of like high level insurance policy that she would likely be on. So then it raised the question of like, is he just not very successful outside of this uh, show? I like to assume that's the case. Or maybe he, yeah, maybe he just was on his wife's and never got off of it, even though he could have if, you know, yeah. he was like a TV star. But what do you guys think is like, what's the darkest point of this show? Because it hits many dark points. <laughs> I think I think I know it. I think there's a point where I'm like, yeah, this this crossed like, this was the apex of like how dark this show got. What did you did you reach that point where you were like, oh yeah, this is like incredibly bleak. For me, I feel like it was when he was uh, when he asked to listen to his dog die live on the telethon. <laughs> that was they crazy. allowed yeah. it, and then the guy on the other end was just like there and hangs up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Why well, that?" No, it's a woman, and I think she says, "He's dead." Oh now. yeah, he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like even like 
everyone's awful to him. Even like a, a random vet who you'd think would be a little more caring in that situation is just like, yeah, he's dead. Go away. Like, and I think that was the second episode. I think that was. Yeah, no, that's yeah. pretty yeah. early on. That's when um, that like immediately <laughs> launches you into darkness. <laughs> right. I mean, that's th- that's bleak in a real world way. But I mean, spoilers for anyone, you know, we're, we, we're going to have to address some of these things. So uh, this the show can be watched in under an hour. Um, but we will be digging into specifics here. I mean, by the end of it all, he's become a human pig man. <laughs> he has like a, a fake pig nose, like fused into his flesh. So like, for me, that's pretty but dark. That's when he finds what's important in life. He, he finds, he finds yeah, his no, life that... with his pig family is more important that's, than that's after. That's after, but before that, he's like living as a pig man for at least a week or so. I thought that's true. The uh, I do like the moment at the end when they do like the today now episode to wrap it all up, and Tracy is talking, yeah. and he hears her and like recognizes the voice and like stands up on his two legs, and they're like thinking it's this trick, and he like you can tell he like notices her, and yeah. ultimately chooses the pig family. But that's that's pretty bleak. My. Uh, my favorite, the one, the point where I was watching this and I was like, this is the darkest thing I've ever seen was when he was at the medieval restaurant and he Skypes into his niece's funeral and like everybody's screaming at him at the funeral. And then like, they're still going through like the medieval, um, you know, medieval times kind of act where like, you know, the two knights are fighting and stuff. And like, he's the, he's the crown, the king, cause he's there for his show and everything. And, they're trying to get him to like interact with the cast and he's like Skyping into the funeral and like that the brother-in-law he's had a couple of interactions with and that man is utterly defeated because his daughter just passed away and like Jim Haggerty has no concept of that at, at all and is just like uh you know uh making him feel worse about it. But like I felt like that was the point where I was like, this is as low as it could be possibly get because like and, the concept there's a great and he forces his way to the podium to eulogize against the family's wishes by reminding everybody that he paid for the funeral and that they weren't complaining when he paid for it <laughs> and i love there's a great line when like everything's like because like the people at the restaurant start getting annoyed because they can hear the funeral and then the funeral's annoyed because they can hear the restaurant and then like everyone's like yelling at him and then like he keeps trying to argue with the people to feel and he just goes, come on, this is Hannah's special. Day. Like, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, it just being completely oblivious about anything. Special <laughs> he day. called it her special day. <laughs> the, the small little bit that I loved is, so they make him like the king of this medieval times thing. He's presiding over everything. And then there's, you know, the Duke or Prince or whatever, who's really running it all. Who's like the guy who works there. And so Haggerty has, so they're, they're like the people, the knights are battling in front of him and Haggerty has a laptop set up to be able to Skype into the funeral, which has already been discussed. And he asks the employees like, Oh, uh, how do I get on the Wi-Fi for this? And the guy in character says, Wi-Fi? What be that, my lord? And does this kind of thing and like playing log and Haggerty's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I just need to Skype into my niece's funeral. And the guy like comes completely out of character. He's like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, just uh, go to go here and, you know, you need to log into this one. <laughs> like, like he's 
he's trying to help, but is just horrified that this situation is even occurring in front of him. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. And it ends with him having a heart attack. And him to go get the headphones from the truck. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he... It, He's trying to like cut out the sound. He's like, "Oh, I, I have my headphones in the truck," and he like pays the, oh, yeah. the, the guy who's standing there to go go to his truck and get the or the production truck to like, get the headphones. <laughs> Another wad of cash. I also love that. Um, you know, they're parodying like a medieval times restaurant, but like they obviously don't have the money to like make it look like a real one. So like, you know, he he makes a joke early in that scene about like it's it's one of the top 15 you know medieval themed restaurants in new jersey and then yeah and it's just two people in a room like you know doing <laughs> like this slow basement. night fight when you realize yeah it's yeah. just like it's just so low rent that they <laughs> i feel like another uh understated low point at least for his crew was when the bucket of pig's blood spills and he has them like sopping it up with rags and wringing them out into the bucket <laughs> Because by that time he's utterly he's obsessed with pig's blood. He's addicted so, to pig's blood. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he drinks it. Uh, it's given some other fancy name, which it's hard to tell if the guy's like fucking with him or what in the 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 second episode when it happens. But yeah, so he drinks pig's blood and thinks it's just like some other you know like I don't know appetizer or something. He has several of them, then freaks out when he finds out. But then yeah, after that, for the duration of the series. Near to the end, he is obsessed with pig's blood and drinks it throughout. And he has, yeah, like a bucket in most scenes in the, like, or most of the back half. There's a bucket just by him with pig's blood at all times. Or, like, he asks the guy at the medieval restaurant, the Duke, if he wants some pig's blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like a chalice of pig's blood, my lord, or something. Like, the guy's like, no. <laughs> but I think, too thinking about the pig's blood and ultimately the payoff of the whole series like it the show like caps it perfectly because all the jokes pay off by the end of it because i love when he becomes more pig than man he no longer likes the taste of pig's blood he spits it all out and it's like disgusting to him because he's now more pig than than man yeah um and i think i am pig i am pig (laughs) i think I I uh I just feel like by the time you hit that last episode, the today now episode, it really sticks the landing where you know I, and like one of the last injustices is that like his entire condo building collapses and he doesn't even all his possessions are gone. Doesn't care about that. <laughs> he gets back to Deb as one last like Hail Mary to get back with her and she she calls him a monster. And then that's when he has his mental break and he snaps and attacks the cameraman and takes off in the van. And it just, I I don't know, I feel like it just, everything like has a great conclusion. I think it was a real nice touch in that scene that they didn't even have her look at his horrifying figure. It was all from like behind a closed window. Like she wasn't even disgusted by who he had become as a person, like physically. She was just disgusted by who he was was on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like lay eyes on his disfigured body before she was like hard pass. Yeah, right. And it's and speaking of capping it, it's 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 wonderful that the uh, (laughs) the moral that he discovers that family should have come before his work, he ends up um, he, he ends up making good on that because at the at the final episode when the 
today now people are talking to him like oh this pig man everyone loves it it's a it's a crazy thing that happened and you know the producer goes to the farmer he says hey we want to make pig man a star we you know we can get him to do all these like appearances and stuff and the farmer asks him if he wants to and he says no and he goes back to his his pig family so he like chooses family in the end <laughs> but it's uh, over fame but it's a pig family because he's like he's he has nothing out nothing left <laughs> yeah but he could have he could have gotten the fame that he wanted from the beginning but he 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 learns his lesson i do like that there is well, yeah, a they, they uh oh sorry i was gonna say right. i do like that there is a hint that he could possibly be butchered <laughs> they do ask him if like they're gonna take him to the slaughterhouse and the farmer's like nah, i don't know maybe <laughs> So the yeah the series like does have some kind of like thematic elements running through it beyond the humor and the body horror um and my notes for it is like it it seems to take aim at like american excess ignorance and priorities that kind of seems to be the center of his issues from the get go um and one line he has uh this is like in the i don't know last two thirds like we're probably two thirds of the way into the series or something at this point he says like there's no reason to compromise. We can have it all. We can have it all. And this is when he's like trying to juggle the show while his life is still caving in all around him. Uh, pretty late in the game. Man, I can't remember the line, but there's like a moment where his neighbor is yelling at him and like something happens to his neighbor. And he was just like, oh man, I wish I could remember it. Cut this part out. I can't even remember the line. One of my favorite lines in it, yeah. he like, tries to throw it back in the neighbor's face about like, oh, those black sludge pipes aren't so bad now, but I can't remember what's in reference to. <laughs> I like, I do like that he gets obsessed. He's in the kitchen and he's banging on the pipes in one of the kitchens and he's obsessed and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I probably should have had those. <laughs> yeah. What are some of our uh, standout lines throughout? Cause I've got a handful myself. I rattled one off, but the other one that I wrote down specifically, because like literally I could have written down like 50, but the two that made me laugh the hardest was the, the Bones one I mentioned, and the other one I have is when he says, he's like he's like really behind on everything at this point. He already got he got the skin graft on his uh, arms when he sticks his hand in the hot uh, pot, yeah. and he gets the pig skin on his hands, his arms, um, and he's like slightly discolored, and... Uh, he go and he's already behind because of that. And he goes, getting that skin graft took longer than I would have hoped. And I just like that line to me was just glorious because it's like he's still like, like completely just oblivious to everything going on. And it's just like I think the like real genius of a lot of these jokes are that it's absurd, it's whimsical, and still within that like body horror sort of uh, backdrop, but. I mean, that's just yeah. damn good writing, and I just, I, don't know, I love it. So, that's mine. Well, so I've got a few here. Uh, one, this is like first or second episode. He's eating some pork dish. It's times like these, I thank God I'm not an observant Jew. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and there's another one where they end up going to the wrong place. Oh, man. And he has to eat something called, oh, like, yeah. pig salad, pork salad or something. I, I don't know if it's a real thing. Maybe it is. But it's, it's like, uh, I mean, it's not real the way they present it. But I don't know if there is a version that's real. But 
So he's supposed to go to some like reputable like food truck, and he ends up I think it's just like some ramshackle <laughs> shitty food truck, and they give him like a bowl with like l- like iceberg lettuce and some kind of soupy cheesy stuff, and then just like pieces of organs. like snout and other parts of the pork. Yeah, just it's in there. Like, all and he, he has iceberg to... lettuce in a very wet gravy. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's incredibly upsetting and gross to look at. And he does say, "Well, I did make a promise to myself to eat every part of the pig, but the penis and vagina." And so he starts digging in to that one. But I think going back to the the actor and how, like I said at the top, like he's a you know he was a reporter, but to just show his comedic chops, I mean, this is like a tour de force too, because I think. The Today Now stuff, the guy's a, uh, you know, a, a TV newsman. And so that you just kind of have to like have some comedic ability, but basically just present stuff with that same like smarmy smile of like, oh, yeah, we're going to look at this today. And but here he has to do a lot of stuff physically in intonation and line delivery. He's doing way more than he ever did on Today, today Now. Mm-hmm. But there's this one great exchange where. It's like in the first episode, I think, and he's arguing with his wife on the phone because the pipes burst, which we find out later is because he had been like shoving mail and stuff into his toilet. (laughs) So it was his fault. But uh, the pipes, the pipes burst. They it floods the house. It floods his neighbor's house. It's like ruining the whole condo and everything. He's ignoring the problem, telling his wife, like, go, you know, figure this out call the you know uh, call the repairman or whatever um but she's like screaming at him on the phone and she says this is just like when tommy was getting beaten up at school and he goes another problem that solved itself (laughs) she said we had to change schools and he goes oh i thought the bully died (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like his delivery's great, and just like his obliviousness <laughs> to his own life is great, and and no remorse so, that the bully's dead. In his world, he thought the bully was dead, and like that was the good. Yeah, thing. and then that and that solved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wonder, like, because that was the cause of him shoving mail into a toilet for for god knows what reason that you wonder like how he got this far in life before it fell apart so well he he gives us the reason he says it's because uh it's so he won't get his identity stolen yeah and it it has (laughs) it to this point yeah but like so (laughs) yeah it feels like every decision he makes he he's so oblivious and just stupid with everything that like how he even like got married and have a family and like could even get a job like and then just he's like a homer simpson character kind of just yeah. like not not as like uh i don't know maybe relatable but like he does have like a homer simpson quality to him that he's just like this like sort of like uh pure id like animalistic sort of right. idiot and yeah and it was like yeah this 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 idea will fix it and i don't have to think about it yeah now, and then we'll not think about it <laughs> Oh, we were talking about low points and i'm looking at some of my notes here and and chris you talked about the uh him having him asking to listen to his dog be euthanized so he's there he ta- to talk to the dog but just another little like another writer moment that doesn't need to be there but we've talked about how they are this writing team is great and they're just like doing so much with the material but when the the reason the dog is being euthanized is because it's been put in a kennel by Jim's wife I think 
just out of spite because she's mad at him or it's like his dog and not hers or whatever. So like the dog is kind of like being put away and then the dog bites and kills another dog. And so they're calling him to notify him. So they have to put Jim's dog down, that that's for their policy. But when they initially notify him, they say your dog nation did this. And they use the word nation a couple times. And he has to just like very, just like sadly be like, it's it's Nathan. It's not Nathan. So it's like there's this impersonality where like the people don't even know his dog's name, <laughs> yeah. and he has to correct them. <laughs> That's like when he gets called Pig Haggerty at the end. Yeah. yeah, which is a nice nod to him being more pig now by the end of the show. But I love that the yes. judge at the pig competition calls him Pig Haggerty, and he has to be like, it, "It's Jim Haggerty," and the guy just gives him this like befuddled look, like, "What did I say?" I love too. Uh, once he's become full on pig man, and he's like the the pig master general, I think that's what they call him. And he's he had to select the best pig, and then they like hand him a knife to then slaughter the pig live in front of people. And he's like, "Well, no, I I thought I was just picking the best one, and if anything, I thought that would save him." <laughs> yeah. And he uh, he had. He picked the one with his own name, too. So they're trying to encourage him to uh, slit slit this pig's throat. Kill Jim. (laughs) I thought when he was rolling around in the pig pen, like, looking at the pigs to judge, that was, like, the best acting he did in the entire series. Because he's, like, walking around in this pen. He's already had his face torched by that grill. Uh, and so he's he's completely bald. He's got the pig nose fused to his face. And he's, like, having a mental break. And he's, like, I love... He's, like, like almost like a pig. He's, like, squealing with delight at the names of the pigs. And, like, you can tell that he's, like, starting to, like, identify with the pigs more than anything. And I don't know. I felt like that was, like... That was, like, true acting on his part. Where it was, like, he was juggling, like, three, like, versions of this Jim Haggerty guy... Where he's like, there's still some of him left, but he's also kind of a pig. And he's having, like, a big, like, struggle between those two parts of himself. Of himself, And, like, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. I, I, I just wish people saw this more. more I, think people saw that, this. Uh, I think that scene has my favorite line by a non-Jim Haggerty character also. Uh, where the guy comes out and is like, what are you doing with him, pig? And he's like, oh, it's the pig master general. And the guy just very matter-of-factly is like, Oh, I just thought you were one of the pig freaks. <laughs> yeah. One of them. And then like goes yeah, about it. was also a great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When he's starting to identify with the pigs and then like they, you know, the, they tell him if he has to slaughter the pig and he's like horrified and he's like, you know, I can't do that. They're, they're beautiful, intelligent creatures. And like the whole crowd is just, and it's funny how quickly they turn against him when like, you know, this man is put on the spot to kill a pig who might not have done that before in his life because he's not a farmer, and there's just no sympathy from the people there that he doesn't want to do it or he's bothered. Oh, it gets it. very, like, like, Shirley booing. Jackson the lottery in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, kill it, kill it. He's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, another another real uh, desolate low part, <laughs> I feel, that might be overlooked is he's already become a pig man. He already has the nose fused. His He's, like, lost hair on his head and by this point we've talked about how he became more like pig than man so he has pig skin in the palate of his mouth 
on his hands, arms, back, heart, his lower intestines, his liver and pancreas have all been replaced by pig parts at this point. And then he's just been like disfigured. He's walking around this like county fair disfigured. <laughs> and most people aren't really like reacting in horror. They're just kind of accepting it. <laughs> but he goes to try to make, to like cook some pork on a grill and this guy won't let him because, well, this is the family grilling area. It's like the most <laughs> petty thing imaginable. Yeah. This guy's like, you can't do it because you're not here with the family. And But the guy, like, doesn't even, like, register how he looks or anything. And he's like, I, I have a family. And that's when he tries to pay him off with $3 yeah. and uh, it doesn't work. And he does say, the guy goes, he's like, go on, get. Kind of like he would be, like, shooing an animal from the yeah. grill. So, and he just got, like, his, like. Is like real, real cold, gross sausages that he's trying to grill, which is a nice. <laughs> I do like the callback to when earlier in the sh- in the show he he doesn't have time to, like he makes this one quick, like one of the quick ones that they get through is that he forces yeah. this one place to open really early, and yeah, they don't have the grill turned on yet, <laughs> and so he just he doesn't have time, so he grabs the cold wieners and just takes off and eats them. Uh, hot dogs are uh, hot dogs are packaged fully cooked, so I assume sausages are probably the same way. <laughs> that was one of the, for some reason, one of the most like physically unsettling things is when he has been blown up and he's wandering through the fair. Grotesque. For some reason, the fact that no one is noticing how grotesque he is, like, really was unsettling <laughs> to me. Like they all, like he was there judging the fair and they were all like accepting of him completely. And I was like, what's happening here? (laughs) And they're still filming the show. No one was vomiting on site like I might if I saw him in person. (laughs) I I thought like, actually it was like very horrifying when she, when the producer tries to take his nose off and he like screams in agony. And it's like, that's when you realize that, like, he's a pig. <laughs> and it's just like, that to me is just like, I don't know. There's just something. Yeah, like, he has no interest in getting the nose off. He's like, no, nah, it's 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 good and on there. Would you just leave it? Like, yeah, we'll leave it for now. <laughs> there's also a, uh, so when the, the bit when they're doing, when he's got to, like, he's trying to get to his niece's funeral. So he's going through the New England states, like uh, the, the pork marathon, and he's trying to get through all six in, in however many hours. And there's one where there's a long line, and he's like, uh, time to use some TV magic. And he's like shoving ahead in line, with, like <laughs> trying to get through people. And they don't seem to care, but he's just like like physically shoving them. And then he gets like into the restaurant where it's like crowded, and he like <laughs> spills his cup of pig blood on a lady's shirt. <laughs> and there's just like one. He yells. And he's like, no, it's yeah, okay. It's, it's just pig blood. blood. And, like... <laughs> and then like some random guy just like shoves him, and then it like cuts away. But I, I like, I, I wonder like what the rest of that scene looked like. <laughs> When, when people are like getting to get physical back with him because he he like you know thinks he has all this power in these situations but like really doesn't. Oh God, it's it just like it's like we could go on and on. It, it's so it's so good and every like you guys it's have been dense. What'd I think say? this is going to be a situation where like our conversation both can be and probably will be longer than the actual runtime of. Yeah, the piece. Uh, I think it already has been, right? I think. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I was just saying it's dense, like that they, yeah. they pack a lot into each one of these like six, seven, eight minute segments. Do you think, because uh, I think about like the state of like uh, online comedy and stuff and sketch comedy. And I, I wonder if there's even like a place for stuff like this anymore because it doesn't seem down. like yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna keep making it bleak. I, I, I always like think about like where, where something like this could even live anymore because it, I, I found it so, I don't know if you guys ever felt this way, probably did, how disheartening and like bleak it was when Facebook did essentially like swallow the landscape for video and like convinced all these brands to yeah. make the pivot and then ultimately killed a ton of brands. And, like, everybody's attention span continues to kind of, like, shrink when it comes to watching stuff like this. And, I mean, I'm thank God we have it. But I just, I wonder, you know, is there even, like, I, a place for this kind of stuff? I, I guess I would answer, I don't know that you, I don't know if there's a good place that's profitable for this kind of short web series. Because, like, like we're saying, The Onion was doing it. You look at Funny or Die, you look at... Um, what was the college humor? I know like I'll regularly see Dorkly might've like done some tie in with college humor. I regularly now I'm seeing videos on Facebook that feature like really funny people, but I know the videos are from like five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. Cause I remember seeing them then and they're like recycling them and they're still funny, but they're like promoting them. And those things like that's all done with, they aren't really making new stuff. Um, but I'm I I think like streaming, like I think you could do something like this, like on Netflix and other places. If you have the the brand name of the Onion behind you, yeah, that's true. Now the six six or seven minute format, probably not. So maybe they would. I mean, Netflix is open to stuff, but I mean, I'm thinking, Quibi? I'm thinking, oh, no. yeah, well, there's that, but, <laughs> but I'm thinking of like, well, like look at, um, I think you should, uh, I think you should yeah, leave. I was just going to say, so that, that came out a couple years ago. The new one comes out, uh, I think in July. So like right around when this is episode is going to air and those aren't even standard 22 or 30 minute episodes. Those are like 16, 17 minute episodes with skits. And there's only like six of them. So that was like pushing against normal formatting and everybody went apeshit for mm -hmm. it understandably so i think like some of these sites some of these streamers would take a chance on if if you had that name brand recognition they'll be like yeah we'll roll with you because we trust you it would actually be incredibly smart for netflix to buy the onion well i feel like here's the thing that i i want to say about like we they've tried to monetize it Funny or Die had an HBO television show. Onion News Network and Sportsdome were both on TV. Like, these brands have... And The Onion had a movie that nobody liked. They, they've <laughs> they've had a chance to prove that it can work. And, like, Funny or Die is, like, that's, bit, that's a big name back when it was on HBO. And you have, like, Farrell and McKay behind it. And The Onion's always been a big name. And they had two false starts of TV shows. Um on varying degrees of cable networks, but like networks that other shows have succeeded on. And as much as we love the content, like, I just don't know if the money's there for it. I sports dome, I would say is a failure considering that it was on 
Comedy Central, and that should be their bread and... I mean, it wasn't a failure creatively, but it should be their bread and butter. The people who tune into Comedy Central should be showing up for it. But the Onion News Network, I wouldn't hold against them because that was on IFC, which, like, that's limited audience already. It's limited people who have that on their cable package already. And they did do two seasons of it. So IFC at least thought it was good enough to come back one round. But I'm not, I wouldn't say like people not discovering that. That's like, okay, but Sports Dome not working will always forever boggle my mind of how did this not catch up. I don't think they gave it enough time. It was so good. If, if you guys have any way to like watch old YouTube clips of Sports Dome or anything, like Linton is a very adamant non sports fan. Um, he loved the show to pieces. Uh, that's his words. That's how he talks. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll stand by that. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I am a sports fan. I think Eric and Steve are sports fans. I assume you both saw the show. Like it was a to the yeah. T, like perfect sports center parody. Um, but on top of like, that's the other thing. Like they, they nail like their subject matter in terms of the tone and the, and the videography and everything. But then they pile so many good jokes on top of it that it's like in another class from any other group of writers I've ever seen. Like, in in terms of like matching the content to, uh, like the format. But yeah, like funnier if funnier die fails and the onion video fails and college humor fails, like I think we don't have the attention span for it, and that's on us. Like. What chance do the rest of us have? Um, Chris, on that uh, Reddit thread you're talking about, I know you'd mentioned that in the past. I don't know if you re-reviewed it for this, but do you remember if, like, did they discuss anything about the kind of implosion of the Onion, whatever it was called, the, like, Onion video, whatever they referred to that grouping? Like, did did they come to a point where the Onion was just like, we're done doing this? Did those guys decide to move on? Was it just the money fell out of the bottom? Like, how did... Because they were so talented, I just don't know, like, how did that not... How did they not at least, like, get folded back into the main Onion? Or did they? Do some of them still work there? I don't know. They were always... A lot of the writers came from the Onion, but once the studio spun up, they were a separate entity from the Onion, like, in all but name. So they were working on their own. What was the name again? Just Onion... uh, Sorry, Onion Digital Studios was the name. Okay, yeah, yeah. So in this AMA, it was they did this AMA just before the release of Porkin' Across America, and like one of them is like talking about Sex House and how it did, and like they're just like we don't know if this is going to work, but we're excited to find out. Um, and they went under shortly after Porkin' Across America came out, so they were still during this AMA. They were still in the, um we're making the content and we're going to see if good content will pay off in the online landscape. Um, The only question I remember seeing about sports dome in there is someone was like, you know, like I miss sports dome. How do you guys feel about like how that went down on comedy central? And the guy was just like, I assure you, none of us misses. No one misses sports dome as much as those who worked on it. So it seems like, you know, they had this team firing on all cylinders. They released a great product. Some blame that on, because the way Comedy Central released Sports Dome, they released all the episodes in a block that was like a half a season, 
And then they released a half a season of the Norm McDonald sports show in the same time slot right after. And the Norm McDonald mm-hmm. sports show was like more of like a, a, a evening talk show type thing. And he would have guests on and he would just like do like talk show stuff about sports. Um, like a late night show. It was also a good it show. It was a good show. But nowhere near as good as But it wasn't Dome. Sports Dome. And I can see why Norm MacDonald's show might not have got the viewership. Because I think you needed the love of sports on top of the love of Norm MacDonald for that show to work. But for Sports Dome, you could come at it if you love sports or you love comedy. Like, this is going to be a show that's going to tickle your fancy. So a lot of people had... I remember when it was going down, like when they announced the cancellation, a lot of people were kind of blaming, you know, well, this is being lumped in with the Norm Sports Show, and they're kind of firing on different levels. Like, they're they're two entirely different beasts, but they were kind of judged together, um, and that's how that went down. But, I mean, ultimately, the networks are going to be basing it on how many people are watching, and apparently, I mean, like, like Steve was saying earlier, like, even Porkin' Across America has relatively low views and this is from a famous studio it's like a a bold project that that is a hit and not a miss in terms of the content but it just can't catch traction like a video of people pranking people in the park you're right yeah panda farting yeah like like it's just not what people are on youtube for that's why I think I, I, I ever ever since you mentioned it five minutes ago, uh, Linton, uh, the the idea of a streaming service because I think you should leave is the perfect example because like it really was like a zeitgeisty thing where now there are people who like anytime it's Friday night on Twitter, there's like people who go like it's Friday night like from I think you should leave mm-hmm. and. I, there's like and, and well there's the the well i mean so many memes came out yeah. of it that's a big part of it too is do you have something that can spawn memes because the memes i mean and that's hard to like nail down but the memes generate i look at tiger king right people knew about that because of the memes but i'm thinking of like with uh i think you should leave that uh, we're all looking for the guy who did this, yeah. the hot dog thing. Yeah. Like, that's been shared so many times, especially with, like, political stuff. I think, you know, there's some great stuff in the, some of that Onion work that could have launched on, latched onto that. But we're also talking, this is, like, 2011, 2012. This is some of the early days of Twitter anyway. Yeah. So that that landscape isn't there yet. Yeah, it's arguably ahead of its... Yeah. It, it existed in a weird point it, where video was still basically just YouTube. Um, it wasn't really... Facebook hadn't like dom- started to dominate that landscape yet in terms of like brands. But there was o- that was like the only outlet. Was like It was still like, oh, you have to know about it before you know, to, to, to go to, you'd have to go to the website or know about it to go to like the onion YouTube. It wasn't like, like, I don't recall, I don't even remember how I first knew about this. Uh, but it wasn't like this thing that everybody started sharing on Twitter or, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. It wasn't like, I don't ever remember that being a thing. It was just like the onion put a thing out and like, I guess you're just supposed to know. So, and that was at that weird time where I, it may just have been like ahead of its time in that regard. I don't know. But again, I don't know. 
I think I just I think I just knew about it because Chris, you had like probably heard some rumblings on Reddit and it just became like a glorious like six months of the onion releasing some of the best things we've ever seen and then it just stopped suddenly one day. Yeah, because we were already on the Sports Dome train, and then we were like, oh, the writers of Sports Dome are making this YouTube content. Let's check it out. I wonder if, um, because of the brilliant way that it's written escalation-wise, like, if, if you were to catch, like, a random episode of this, like, four or five, and that's the first thing you saw, like, what would you make of it? And would you, like, be intrigued to watch more or just be more confused? Oh, yeah, I think it's wild if you don't watch it in order. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't, so I don't know if that if that like makes it difficult for people to for it to catch on because the 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 later episodes it's like he goes on a pork marathon ends up at a low rent medieval times where he's trying to skype into his niece's funeral right you'd have so little context that i wonder what <laughs> your person would asshole even make <laughs> rolling through the world and and upsetting people which is what the show is but you you get like two yeah. minutes to get into it in episode one Oh, I also like uh, uh, something I don't think I ever noticed before is that he seemingly has no friends as well um, because his car is parked in some parking garage that's going to be imploded and he gets a phone call telling him this along with everything else that's happening. So he's trying to find someone to move his car because he can't get there in time slash doesn't want to leave his show. And so, like, he calls one guy, and the guy's, like, knows he's going through the divorce with his wife. He's like, I don't want to get in the middle of this, Jim. And he's like, I'm just asking you to move my car. <laughs> and then he calls another guy, and the other guy's like, the other guy's like, I don't live in Chicago anymore. I live in San Diego, which you would know if you stayed in touch. <laughs> so, like, he has, like, no one in his life. <laughs> <laughs> maybe his dog but that was ki- that was killed off in the second episode the dog may have been his last uh companion <laughs> well at no point does he like have any kind of like discussion or concern for his children i don't think either no. like from the divorce he never's like oh i, I want to like fight for the kids or put tommy on the phone or anything like the kids are only like barely mentioned at <laughs> i also want to say that Almost everything that happens to him is directly his fault. Like, all of his injuries are because of his own actions. Like, it's never, it's not like things happening to him. It's like he's a shitty person, and so his life is falling apart. Yeah. I think the parking garage is. Yeah, I think the parking garage is. You couldn't really call that one. (laughs) But yeah, the pipes. Unless he stu- unless he stupidly parked somewhere that like had signs saying it was you know to be demolished. I love like with the pipes. It's like his wife is talking about like a black sludge like filling the basement, and then the next episode he's like, "Yeah, did you take care of the leak or whatever?" <laughs> I like that he's, his initial thought was just like, "Just leave it. I'll get to it later." Like, <laughs> like it's like flooding the house. <laughs> Oh man, I I did the oh the the only other thing that I like a lot is um, when he does go when he has to eat like the pig nose, and, in like that gross yellow soupy dish, and <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong food truck, and he does make it to the correct food truck. The guy gives him like the guy like forces him to eat all the pork that he made for him, and like he stands there and watches him. He like physically can't do it we had a contract that said you have to eat all of the food that i give you 
<laughs> oh man, and and I do like the I do like that uh, Miranda Lambert was supposed to be there, but then she's also suing him because he doesn't he didn't show because he up. showed up to the wrong place. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like it keeps going and going. There's so many things. Well, also because like when he realizes that he went to the wrong place, his producer's telling him that, and he's like, she's like, oh, "Where's Miranda Lambert? Is she coming?" And he's he, and she's like. No, she's at Trixie's barbecue, and he's like, "Where are we? This is All American barbecue. We're in the wrong." And she's she doesn't even know like how things went awry, but they went to the wrong place. It's not even the same name, and it's like so even like the production people like don't know what they're doing. Yeah. She's, and she's just like, ah, you know, whatever. Like it, it's all messed up. <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, anything else to wrap up? Any other? fragments to talk about for porking across america i want to say as much as we've talked about how good this is it's not even my favorite of their work like it's my third favorite agreed uh sex house and 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 sports dome i think are above this even though this is amazing yeah steve took the bold call of i think you said the other day that it's like you think it's like the best web series ever i i agree with chris that i like sex house more but yeah if you want to touch on that steve like you you hold this up you you said you think it's just above roots in terms of like long-running series (laughs) correct correct yeah uh that is true um i i mean i like i've seen sex house like once so i do need to see it again and i really liked it but i just think I, I porking across America to me is just like a masterclass in comedy writing and, and, and maybe just like for my sensibilities comedically, it hits on all the right notes. I mean, obviously we all like it. Um, but for me personally, it kind of hits that like sweet spot in terms of it being like whimsical and silly. Uh, it's super dark and, uh, just for whatever reason it, I don't know. It really hits for me. Uh, and it has like an, it, a rewatchability that I feel like a lot of the other things don't have uh, that I've watched throughout the years. Like, cause I've watched sports dome and I've watched a lot of the news stuff that the onion puts out and um, those movie reviews. And I've seen some like dredge, like I said, so, but none of it, none of it's ever stuck in my brain the way porking across America has. And no, and I think that's just like ultimately what makes it for me the thing that I always come back to. Um, I love so much of the Onion video content. Uh, I like for Sex House particular. I, I think it just it goes so many more places, has so many characters. So I, I think that's why it's uh, hitting for me. But you were saying like stuff that sticks with you. Um, just their regular videos that went out. This might've been part of the IFC thing as well. I'm not sure, but it was definitely on like the website. Um, but there's one that will always and forever stay with me, which is, uh, where it's a news report. It's like two minutes long and it's dogs are running and nobody knows why. Just like all the dogs in the United States are just running and they're doing a news report to try to figure out what's happening. And they're interviewing like they're at one of the newscasters. Like, do we know uh, what direction the dogs are going west? The dogs are going west. <laughs> and there's just a lot of beautiful ex- uh, escalation in this two minute segment. So if you can find on the onion, dogs are running. Um 
and it ends, uh, I'm going to spoil it, but it ends with the brilliant line of, uh, well, they say something about, does this have anything to do with like the meteorite that just landed <laughs> and that fact that horses are screaming <laughs> and then it ends with the, the final, the final line is like after they've wrapped up the segment, they're moving on to the new one. And the female anchor says <laughs> coming up next, where are all the children? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. I do. I always like the one of the, uh, I can't remember what the girl's name is, but they always say like, it's like a news report about a hurricane, but it's like hurricane, Jeff. hurricane, Ashley. hurricane, Ashley. Yes. I, that one to me really sticks out. <laughs> I, I love, love the reporting on that one. Oh, I do want to say importantly that, uh, the onion digital productions was also in charge of Jode Crestbeckler and the Crestbeckler staff. Yes. The Crestbeckler stance. I wanted to mention that. Eric, Steve, did you ever watch no, that? No, I didn't. No. Oh, my gosh. You're in for a treat. The Crestbeckler stance, um, it I, it might have started with the IFC stuff, but it was definitely online. They probably did like 10, 15 segments total. It was Jode Crestbeckler. It was like some 75-year-old man or something. But they presented him as like an old timey prospector, but as though he was like from the 1800s, but plopped into today. <laughs> but he was then a commentator on a Fox News like a, style, like an Infowars type thing. <laughs> okay, I like it. So he was this—he was hard right on every issue, but then had this old timey prospector point of view, and so it took it to like both absurd places and then super dark places because he would go even farther than the like right people were going <laughs> okay the i'll check it out yeah um yeah i would say steve before you teach your master class finally uh-huh. before you finally get around to it yeah i do think you need to give sex house another go because i think it handles okay. the escalation better because it handles it more subtly but also goes wider in its breadth because i feel like with Porking Across America, we're escalating on one man's life, but on Sex House, it's just like every, it's like an ever-growing ball of things that are like layering and yeah. layering and layering. Like, they're only fed, they only have bread and bananas in the house is like one of the storylines. And the bread gets moldy and the mold takes over. But then also the bananas attract flies. Uh, and they send frogs in to get the flies, and the frogs end up being like one of the the main characters on their own show. And like, like every little joke right. in that spins up its own entire world. And where it's still impressive what Porkin Across America is doing, it's like kind of more contained to Jim Haggerty. And and if you watch right. like Sex House, it's like every nugget expands into just fills the Sex House. Well, Chris, what's that one line that you always hold up? You mentioned it on the last show you were on about to call this place evil. Yeah, I'm going to have to Google it because I'm not funny enough to, like, say it right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to Google it and we'll come back to me. Okay. I think I remember what it is, but I'll let you do it. All right. So uh, while he's doing that, would you recommend Porkin' Across America? We all have. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, but no, I don't think so. So just do it. <laughs> just do it, you fucks. I absolutely would, and I feel like it's it's important knowing now that how little people have seen this show over the years that 
you probably should recommend it a lot. It feels right because the like the <laughs> I the I think you should leave like movement. I feel like all of the onion digital stuff should somehow like get a renaissance. You know, it's it it seems yeah. like pretty like pretty undiscovered country for like tons of people that would really love it. And if somehow the onion got it within their minds to like somehow re-release stuff or like struck a deal with streaming or whatever, I don't know. It feels like it's for anybody who's like, like listening to this or, you know, whatever. And, and is, is like, what the hell are they talking about? All this stuff you're in for like hours upon hours of good, good, like good to classic comedy writing. And so it just it is does kind of boggle the mind that like this is stuff that typically doesn't get like referenced in anything in terms of like some of the best web. Yeah, content. give me a give me a special edition Blu-ray with like everything they did for that five six year period, please. Put it all like I have it all bootlegged. I will happily buy it. Put it all together in one place, and so I can have all of the like film reviews, Cress yes. Beckler stance. All this stuff, just line them up on a Blu-ray set. I'm there. Now, as we talked about, it might just be the four of us and a few <laughs> other people. Um, because I don't know. Because I didn't know that it, you know, when you said half a million views, yeah, I mean, that's not great for uh, for YouTube. I mean, stuff has definitely caught on and exploded. I never thought that this became a cultural phenomenon. But that number, when you quoted it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not too good. Especially after, like, a decade like that it hasn't like you know at least grown a little bit over the years. Yeah. Anyway, um before I wrap up here Chris. I got it. Uh so this is a character who a, a black gay character who is placed in the sex house with no other gay characters in there. Um he refuses to have sex with anybody in the house and uh so they Oh, he draws the prophet Muhammad on his forehead uh so that he will not appear on camera anymore. Uh they then Chain him to a pole uh, so that he can no longer do that. Um, and then no, finally no. they realize that maybe chaining him up was a bad idea and they let him go. And then they're, uh, he's doing a talking head in which he says, To call this place evil implies a clarity of purpose that I do not want to attribute to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's such good. I, I don't know. Like It's such like a, a smart, well-written, like... It's a it's it's great. It's a wonderful line. All right, Chris, porking across America. You're. I recommended it to you, so I stand by it. Ten I years mean. later, <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, I my mom's here tonight. Right. I'm gonna go watch it with her right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good little sit down. So, uh, so for myself, yeah, I absolutely would. Kind of without reservations, uh, other than I mean, I would say that you know it does go to some dark territories so some people aren't going to stomach it oh i guess circling back to the beginning chris you said laura was disturbed did, in the end did she like it did she appreciate the humor or was she more bothered by everything she went it was fine i think was the bottom line <laughs> uh so when you say you would uh recommend it without reservations i think you're going to want some reservations in there no i i i no i said i said i said except for the uh the body horror like yeah. kind of the dark aspect so that's that's it but i mean most people i know who like comedy who like film aren't 
squeamish to the point that they couldn't watch this. So I, I don't, I mean, again, it's not something I'm, I'm going to recommend to my mom, but we've had a lot of weird stuff on the show and a lot of stuff that's just bad where I would just say like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this or you have to like bad media, bad movies, whatever. I mean, I think this is incredibly good. So if you're into comedy and if you can stomach media that goes to some dark places, for sure. Um, but also just like subject people to this. Sure. Why the fuck not? Just watch it. Get somebody to watch it. Make Do what Chris did to his wife. You warm so. him up the sex house and then bam. Pig's blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that is Porkin' Across America. Big thumbs up for me for our July 4th uh, bit of media here. All right, which brings us to Can I Find This? Really, the only place that you can actually watch this is on the Onion's YouTube channel. That's where it debuted. Uh, I don't think it's on the Onion's website at all. Uh, I mean, I guess it's probably floating around out there, you know, on like some bootleg uh, places it could be uploaded to some other site and then i'm sure there are torrents and stuff of it you can download videos from youtube fyi if you want to uh, have this in case the onion youtube channel ever removes it or goes under or something but yeah otherwise like this is not likely to end up on any streamers this as as much as i would love a blu-ray of all this that's almost certainly not in the cards of collecting all this material so yeah your really only source is uh finding it on the onions youtube channel so just search for pork across america it's collected all eight episodes and then there's like a little like intro-y thing or trailer or something um they're all on a playlist and then yeah start digging through the backlog of the onion we're definitely going to do shows in the future on sex house and some of the others down the line but yeah the onion had a great little run there from like 2007 to at least 2012 maybe a little bit past that but then uh then no more and they kind of just uh kept with the articles and stuff which obviously are still very good so yeah so that's about the only way you are going to be able to find pork and across america and that wraps us up for this one we are going to be back next time uh we're going to be looking at uh another bit of american satire just a different kind of flavor to it we're going to be looking at drop dead gorgeous which is a mockumentary from 1999 that has kirsten dunst and a bunch of other people so it kind of has a christopher guest flair to it very funny, interesting movie, but did not uh, get a whole lot of eyeballs on it. Similar to Porkin' Across America here. It's kind of an underground thing. So, Drop Dead Gorgeous is coming up next. See you then. <laughs>